Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you all, to those here in the sanctuary. Welcome to those who are visitors and to members and friends of the baptismal family. We also welcome those who are joining us online, either at this time or later in the day or week. The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us worship God. We sing to his praise and glory, hymn 81, hymn 81 being Psalm 121. I to the hills will lift mine eyes. Let us pray. God of all the ages, we have come to worship you and to rejoice that you continually watch over us. For as the psalmist declared, you neither slumber nor sleep. We praise you for the help you give to us, for the assurance that you love us, and for the knowledge that we can rest in you, for you are our Maker, and our Redeemer. Lord God, in Jesus Christ you have stretched out your hand, that clasping it, we might come to know you. Let us be guided by you, and in our lives may we reflect the life of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. God of heaven and earth, as in this season of Lent we remember the time Jesus spent in the wilderness, we acknowledge we have not loved you as you love us. Our commitment has been weak, and we have been too hasty in judging others 
and writing them off. Lord God, as we recognize our faults, forgive us. And as we are forgiven, enable us to see things in a new light and to believe that with your help we can do better. God of all the ages, we thank you for this new day and for the joy of belonging to your family. Be with all your people the world over, and as you hear our prayers, may it please you to receive our praise, for we offer it as always through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. First of all, a word of thanks to all those who supported the soup and sandwich lunches throughout this last session. There was a wonderful attendance once again in the hall yesterday. My thanks to those who worked so hard behind the scenes in the kitchen and to all those who put out the tables and chairs and to those who prepared the delicious soup and filled rolls. It was a, a wonderful atmosphere in the hall, so that greatly lifted my heart. I'm very pleased to say that the appeal from the recent coffee afternoon, the response of the congregation once again has been extremely generous, and to date 1,200 and £40 has been raised for the Turkey-Syria earthquake appeal. So that's a, a wonderful sum of money. Thank you, everyone. This is the final call for articles for the parishioner to be submitted, and I'm very pleased to say that since last Sunday, a lot of articles have come in and I know that the publicity team is most grateful to you for that. Friends, we have a prayer group. We've actually had a prayer group for quite some time, but perhaps we haven't publicized it as much as we should have. If you would like to be prayed for, or if you're concerned about someone or a world situation, you can send an email to the email address that's there in the intimation sheet, you'll also find the email address on the church website. Alternatively, you can write out your request and put it in the box that's provided for that purpose in the main vestibule of the church. And all prayer requests will be dealt with confidentially, be assured of that. There will be a joint church Easter holiday club, and I made a mistake here, I said in March, but it's April, of course, it's in April, the 11th to the 13th of April, and in connection with that, there'll be a planning meeting in Park Church Library this Tuesday at half past seven, and helpers will be very welcome. There'll be an all-age friendship lunch this coming Wednesday from 12 to 1.30, and also on Wednesday in the afternoon, volunteers will be in the old cemetery, clearing ivy and lifting litter and 
pruning vegetation. If you would like to come and help, please do so. All I would say is wear sturdy footwear and bring uh, some secateurs or whatever along. I'll be leading the third in a series of Lent studies in Park Church on Thursday at 7. You'll be very welcome. Next Sunday morning, the Sacrament of Holy Communion will be celebrated at half past 10. And duty elders, that's communion duty elders, are invited to gather here in the chancel at 9.45. The Tuesday group AGM will be held on the 28th of March at 12 noon. And payment for the lunch can be made today or in the next two or three Sundays. And finally, in its wisdom, or otherwise, the Presbytery of Perth met yesterday and appointed me interim moderator of Bannockburn Allen, linked with Cowie and Pleen. The link charge has become vacant following the demission of the Reverend Peter Gill after a short ministry. We remember Mr. Gill and his family and the congregations of Bannockburn Allen linked with Cowie and Pleen in our prayers. And now Helen, not Callum, but Helen is going to read God's Word to us. This morning's reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, and you'll find it on page 80 of the Pew Bible. That's John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, page 80 of the Pew Bible. There was a Jewish leader named Nicodemus who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. One night he went to Jesus and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher sent by God. No one could perform the miracles you are doing unless God were with him. Jesus answered, I'm telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. How can a grown man be born again? Nicodemus asked. He certainly cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time. I'm telling you the truth, replied Jesus. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. A person is born physically of human parents, but is born spiritually of the Spirit. Do not be surprised, because I tell you that you must all be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound it makes but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. It is like that with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be? asked Nicodemus. Jesus answered, You are a great teacher in Israel, and you don't know this? I am telling you the truth. We speak of what we know and report what we have seen, yet none of you is willing to accept our message. 
You do not believe me when I tell you about the things of this world. How will you ever believe me then when I tell you about the things of heaven? And no one has ever gone up to heaven except the Son of Man who came down from heaven. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the desert, in the same way the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to be its judge but to be its saviour. May God bless this reading from his holy word. Thank you, Helen. And we come now to the baptismal hymn. We're delighted that there's to be a baptism today. The hymn is 631, 631, A Little Child, the Saviour Came.
Following Carson's baptism, we will sing the blessing, and you will find the words at hymn 796, 796. Well, it's a great joy that we're here today for Carson's baptism, and he's joined, of course, by his parents, by Callum and by Sophie, and also the godparents, Amanda and Matt. So we welcome you and your family here to the church today, a very special day for us all, and not least for Carson. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We also remember the words of the Apostle Peter in the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Then your sins will be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises to you and to your children, and to all who are far away, to everyone whom the Lord our God may call. Friends, in this sacrament, Christ is present with us. It is he himself who baptizes us, and by the spirit of Pentecost, he brings us into his church. Baptism is the sign of dying to sin and rising to new life in Christ. By water and the Holy Spirit, God claims us as his own. He washes us from sin and sets us free from the power of death. Here, we know that we are made one with Christ, crucified and risen, and are called to share his ministry in the world. In this sacrament, the love of God is offered to each one of us. Though we cannot understand it or begin to explain it, we are called to accept that love with the openness and trust of a little child. In baptism, Carson is assured of the love that God has for him, and the sign and seal of the Holy Spirit will be placed upon him. Callum and Sophie, in presenting your child for baptism, desiring that he may be grafted into Christ as a member of his body, the church, do you receive and accept the teaching of the Christian faith? Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord God, send your Holy Spirit upon us in this water, that Carson, buried with Christ in baptism, may rise with him to newness of life, and being born anew of water and the Holy Spirit, 
may he remain forever in the number of your faithful children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, will he come to me, do you think? <laughs> eh? You were here yesterday, weren't you? Eh? And you came in my arms yesterday. Wait and we'll see. Oh, there you are. Now, you're eight months old, isn't that right? Eh? You're quite heavy. <laughs> quite heavy. There we are. Oh, isn't this good? Eh? Now, are you all right? Have a wee look round and see everyone, eh? You'll see your own family, and then you'll see the church family too. Isn't that lovely, eh? <laughs> there we are now. It's Carson, Anthony, McCabe, right? So I'm just going to put some water onto your head. Is that okay? I'll get a fright if you said no. <laughs> eh? Here we are now. Carson, Anthony, McCabe, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, descend upon you and dwell in your heart forever. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. familiar faces there too, eh? Oh, you're just lovely. You're taking everything in too, aren't you, eh? Now, well, we'll give you back to mummy. <laughs> I'll give you back to mummy while the going's good, will I? Eh? <laughs> there we are. There we are now. Oh, he's a great boy. A great boy altogether. Well, Carson is now baptised into Jesus Christ, and we receive and welcome him as a member of Christ's church. Callum and Sophie, your child belongs to God in Christ. From this day, he will be at home in the Christian community, and there will always be a place for him. Do you promise, depending on the grace of God, to teach your child the truths and duties of the Christian faith, and by prayer and example, to bring him up in the life and worship of the church. Friends, 
You represent the Church of Jesus Christ as members of his body. Do you welcome Carson and do you renew your commitment with all God's people to live before his children in a kindly and Christian way and to share with them the knowledge and love of Christ? Let us pray. God of love, we rejoice again to receive your grace in word and sacrament. We have heard your call and are made new by your Spirit. Guard and guide Carson all his days. May your love hold him, your truth guide him, your joy delight him. Bless Callum and Sophie that Carson may grow up in a secure and happy home, a home enriched by faith and sustained by prayer. God of grace, in whose church there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, help us to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to profess with our whole lives the one true faith, and to live in love and unity with all who are baptized in his name, through that same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who unites us as the one people, and who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now it's my privilege on behalf of the church family here in St. Ninian's Old to present Carson with this Bible, which contains the best news in all the world, and also a certificate and a flower. So there we are. Well, we give this to Mum. There you are. I'll give this to you, Amanda. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let us welcome Carson into the family of God. <laughs> now, we're going to sing the hymn 600, hymn 600, Spirit of God, unseen as the wind.
Let us pray. Creator God, you hold in your hands the depths of the ocean and the expanse of the universe, yet still you have time for us. We come before you acknowledging that we will fail our Lord unless your Spirit helps us and that we do need your strength in order that we can truly follow Jesus. Lord of life, Nicodemus came to your Son, wondering about all he had heard and seen. Teach us your ways and fill with your Spirit all who have been baptized in Jesus' name. God of all, you have called us to care for your world and for your children. When we look at the world and the communities in which we live, we see signs of blessing, but we also see the need for love and care. Almighty God, as we reflect on our church family, the family of faith, we remember those who are not able to join us today, and those who need to know that you are close at this time. We think of those who are sick in hospital or hospice or at home. We think of those consumed by worry either about themselves or a loved one. And we think of those to whom a sadness has come. Within our own parish, we particularly remember today the family and friends of Michael Hammond. Gracious God, be with them and all who are in our thoughts, and may your holy angels minister to them. Eternal God, we pray for our country and for all the decisions being made in parliaments and council chambers. Guide those who represent us that with compassion and understanding they may be led to make the correct decisions at this challenging time. Creator God, you sent your Son not to condemn the world, but to save it. Look with mercy on us. Preserve us and those we love from all that would cause us harm. And as children of your promise, help us to see things as we ought and with delight to rejoice in your goodness and care. These things we humbly ask, along with the silent prayers of our hearts, in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We worship God in hymn 561, 561. 
I was puzzled yet also somewhat amused when I read in a paper last week that a man broke into a church in Fife wearing a high-vis jacket during the hours of daylight. Most of us know that if you want to do something like that, not that we would, of course, but if we did, you would do it surely when it's dark, for then you'd be less likely to be found out by others. I've often wondered why Nicodemus chose to go to Jesus at night and when it was dark. Let's be clear, he was not up to anything bad. But he was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish leader who knew the Mosaic law and strictly followed it. And he was also a member of the Sanhedrin court. That was an elite group of Jewish leaders who taught and enforced the Mosaic laws. In other words, he was an expert and a rule-enforcing judge. And when someone broke any of the Mosaic laws, Nicodemus was one of the few who would get to determine the rule-breaker's punishment, which, as we know, in the case of Jesus, could be quite merciless. By the time we encounter Nicodemus, Jesus had become quite the rule-breaker. He was gaining influence among the people. He had been performing miracles, and he was attracting followers. He had started to challenge the ways of the system. Angrily, he had turned over the tables in the temple. He had driven out the money changers who were taking advantage of the poor. And people were talking. Some were even speculating that he was the Son of God who had come to take away the sins of the world. This young rabbi named Jesus was anything but orthodox. And he was beginning to pose a real threat to the religious authorities. And so, as word about Jesus spread to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, they began to talk as well. And as they voiced their concerns to one another in the hours of daylight, they did not speak well of the young rabbi from Galilee. And yet, 
Nicodemus chose to go and speak to Jesus. That was quite something. What prompted Nicodemus to go and speak to Jesus? Was he curious? Perhaps. Possibly, he knew that something was missing in his life. He had a good position. He had a standing in the community. He was well off. People looked up to him. But could it have been that there was something not quite right? Whatever. Nicodemus went to Jesus. But he went at night. Why did he go at night? I think it was because he was aware of his standing and he didn't want to risk his reputation and therefore he sneaked off to see Jesus in the darkness hoping as he did so no one else would see him. It's quite something, isn't it, when you think about Nicodemus. He desired a one-to-one -one conversation with Jesus. And that he would have at night. There would be no one else there. Just him and the young rabbi. There's nothing like a one-to-one -one conversation. You know, sometimes we can be in a gathering and that's lovely, and there's lots of people there and there's lots of different conversations, but sometimes, if you're like me, you can get a wee bit distracted. But not so if it's one-to-one. -one. And so, Nicodemus went to Jesus and what he said to him was quite something. Now remember he was a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, and yet he said, we know you're a teacher who comes from God. Because those great miracles and signs you have performed could not occur without the presence of God. That really was a big statement for Nicodemus to make. Given his position, his knowledge of the law, his understanding interpretation of it. And yet, here, albeit with no one else present, 
he pays Jesus a compliment. And how did Jesus respond? It's equally remarkable. You know how if someone pays you a compliment, well, you're quite happy. That's good. You feel better about yourself. But Jesus here doesn't take that stand. Instead, he responded by getting straight to the point, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Without being born anew. This was a foreign concept to Nicodemus. And perhaps it's a foreign concept to many still today. He didn't understand it. What did Jesus mean? Born from above. Born anew. And so Jesus explained further, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Nicodemus was truly confused by this point. What was Jesus saying? One cannot see the kingdom of God without being born from above. One cannot enter the kingdom of God without being born of the Spirit. I don't blame Nicodemus for being confused. In his understanding, if anyone was to qualify for entering the kingdom of God and to see it, he had all the credentials. He was religiously qualified. How could Jesus possibly tell him that his heritage, his obedience to the law, and position of leadership counted for nothing. It was a hard blow for Nicodemus. This was tough to hear. And not only that, was Jesus moving the goalpost? Was he saying that the kingdom of God might be accessible to anyone who was born anew and not only to a Jew? To anyone who was born of the Spirit? To those who were not 
ancestors of Abraham, to those who did not observe the Mosaic law. This was a whole new concept, one that was completely unheard of. Be assured, for Nicodemus, it was a hard pill to swallow. You must be born again, born anew. What does that mean? It's a question many still ask. And perhaps as we reflect on it, we think as Nicodemus thought. How can you possibly be born again? I like Nicodemus. He could have been well miffed by what Jesus had said. He could have walked away in a huff and closed his ears to all that Jesus declared. But no, he remained with him. And the conversation continued. He listened to Jesus speak about God's kingdom and of how the unseen yet ever-present Spirit can bring about the most amazing change in a person's life and cause us to see things in a new light. In January 1997, Tony Bullimore, the British businessman and international yachtsman, was sailing solo in the Southern Ocean. A gale was raging, and the waves were such his yacht capsized. For some four days, he was trapped in the cockpit that became his prison. It was cold. It was dark. It was frightening. Though presumed dead, those searching for him did not give up. And eventually he was rescued. Sometime later, Bullimore, reflecting on his experience, said, It was like being born all over again. There was joy and a new perspective on life. He had been given a fresh start, and seeing life differently, he said he would make a better fist of it. I think that gives us some insight into what being born again and being born anew means.
Nicodemus was a good man, a decent man, but he did not have a relationship with God, and that was key if he was to enter the kingdom of God. And in that, the Spirit has a role to play. Not one of us is perfect. You'll not be surprised to hear me say that. Not one of us lives our lives entirely the way we should. But thank God He does not write us off. Instead, He gives us His Spirit. And when we allow the Spirit to dwell within us, a wonderful change takes place. It doesn't, in most cases, happen at once. It is an ongoing process. But through time, God's Word speaks to us in a way that is so meaningful. Our worship becomes more rich as we realize we are in the presence not of some extract figure, but the God who sent His only Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As, I, as a boy, I learned about a man called Kagawa. He was a Japanese reformer who was known as the Apostle of Japan. He was a remarkable person. His vocation was to help the poor, and as such, he lived among them. He established schools and hospitals and churches, and he challenged all that he perceived to be contrary to the Word of God. But what amazed me most about him was his prayer. It was a daily prayer. O oh God, make me more like Jesus. Would that we could all make that our daily prayer. What a difference it would make in our lives and in the life of the church. My friends, what a lesson Nicodemus learned in his nighttime conversation with Jesus. To read the Bible and know what is in it is commendable, but it is not enough. To know about God is one thing. To know Him is another. Truly, we are to be born again. Born from above. 
and that is brought about by the Spirit. The Spirit is like the wind. We cannot see it, but we see what it does and feel its effect. And so it is with the Spirit of God. The Spirit permeates our whole being and shapes and molds us so that daily we become more like Jesus. And when we do, we see things in a new light. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The closing hymn is hymn 118 to the tune Abbot's Lay, 118, Womb of Life and Source of Being.
Go forth in peace, and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore.